0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic podcast with me, Ben Aton and Mike Duffy. Uh, we're back midweek this time. Um, it's been a bit of news floating around Vickery Drove this week. Um, an incoming and one confirmed outgoing so far and possibly a second outgoing happening soon. And we've got Rotherham United on Saturday as well. So me and Mike thought, we put our heads together and thought, you know what? Thursday night, not doing much. Let's get together and talk about Watford. Um, it's what we want to do on a Thursday evening, isn't it? And giving you guys something to watch and listen to. Um, so I am joined by Mike again. Mike's back. Um, Mike, you weren't around last week. So you, you didn't watch the Watford game at the weekend, our 2-0 victory over Blackpool. Um you was due to manage your son Saturday football team in the semi-final of the cup, but it was postponed, wasn't it, Mike? You must be gutted about that.
1: Yeah, I, I was absolutely gutted. Um, more so as well, because we we planned, we, we ended up going to the local uh, AstroTurf and I ended up putting my boots on and playing with the lads. And uh, yeah, it was a real eye-opener. But uh, <laughs> I, I could have spent that time watching the game. I, I literally watched probably five minutes in my hotel room because I took my fire stick and whatnot. Um, but yeah, typical, I, I miss a game and we win 2-0, but I'm, I'm gutted more more so than not about that semi-final being rescheduled. Uh, they've not given us a date when it will be rearranged, probably be uh, February now, but it uh, gives me more time to prepare. I uh, yeah, I was really looking forward to that, but I'm uh, I'm glad to be back. I should be able to watch the Rotherham game. I've uh, I've got an intense driving course starting on Saturday, uh, and I finished bang on three o'clock. So I'm going <laughs> to try and sweeten the missus up and ask if she can uh, get the fire stick and, and the game loaded up for me. So when I get in, uh, it's it's on the TV ready, and hopefully we can uh, we can win that one. But yeah, um, it, it seems like ages since I've been on. Uh, since I've been on a bit of a, a, a shameless plug from myself i've uh, i've been training i've I've signed up to do the Birmingham 10k again I, I did it in lockdown uh and i've somehow found the motivation to to do it i did a park run uh, which is a 5k for the first time in ages a couple of weeks ago so uh, my training's underway for that i've uh, i'm half a stone down already going into my third week um, so, yeah, it, it seems like everything's go, go, go at the moment. I'm starting my coaching badges as well. Uh got my driving tests on Thursday. So, uh, everything's just go, go, go. But uh, if Watford can keep winning, then it'll keep me sane throughout this period.
0: Nah, it sounds super busy for you, mate. And I can just see what it's going to be like on Saturday for you. Just spent five hours in the car doing your driving lesson. <laughs> Rock up three o'clock. Your missus has got the, the football on you like, you know what, Beck? I don't want to talk to you for the next two two hours. Watford's <laughs> playing, Robin United. This is more yeah. important. She'd be like, "What? I've not spoken to you for seven hours." You're like priority skill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I could just see how it's going to pan out. You'll probably be in the doghouse that evening, but. Hey ho! Uh, but yeah, we'll get cracking straight into all of this. We'll, we'll start off with the uh, the news that's broken in the last couple of days. So there was reports coming over from Portugal. I think first um, from a Portugal record, and um, they announced it at maybe about two, three in the mornings, and then Lou Orns jumped on it and retweeted, and that's where all the Watford fans um, saw that we was we was leaked with this young twenty-one year old. Um, off the back of that, Jason Burt from the Telegraph. Announced that Watford were interested in him as well, and that there was positive talks involving. And Jason Burke is actually very close to Slavin Bilic, and it's one of the journalists that Slaven Bilic trusts. So when you saw J- Jason Burke um, talking about it, you you knew it. There was concrete here. There was. There was a lot, it it was going in the right direction, basically. And then within the last 24 hours, we've actually found out that a a deal has been agreed. Um, So Watford have agreed a deal with Benfica to sign 21 year old Henrik Arahu um, to join um, on loan for the remainder of the season. He's traveled to London already this afternoon. He's currently at the ground, I've heard from people. Um he's completed his medical and also the paperwork. Um it'll be a straight loan, no option to buy. Um Aruhu is um contracted to Benfika until 2027 and has a buyout clause. I don't know if you've seen this Mike. Of of a hundred million euros, which is 87.7 million pounds. Um, He is a Portugal under 21 international. He is highly thought of in Benfica and is seen as one of Portugal's most promising emerging talents. Uh, He has scored five goals in 14 appearances for Benfica uh, first over the last two series uh, over the last two season. uh, um, Um, prominently playing for Benfica B, where he scored 28 goals in 58 games over the last three seasons. He's unlikely to be available for the game against Rotherham United at the weekend. That is due to him having to gain international clearance. If Watford do register him by midday tomorrow and get international clearance, he will be available, but it's looking unlikely at the moment. Um, And that was from Andrew French on that last bit. Mike is it's obviously what the fans. what somewhat for fans wouldn't know who Henrik Oro Arou- who is, but there's lots of talk about him and saying that he's a, the most highest prospect coming out of Portugal. Yeah. It, it's exciting, isn't it? Um To, to think of the calibre of players that Portugal have produced over the years and he's, Heavily linked with a move to Watford, is this like a a sign of? Obviously, it's Helena Costa. How yeah. <laughs> her you know works again? We've talked about her link with Benfica and Watford, but is this a real statement of intent from Watford?
1: Yeah, I, I think this is this is showing what direction we're going in under the new scouting team. You know, the, there was also more movement within that. There was another scout that was appointed. Uh, early in the re- in, uh, earlier in the week, sorry. Uh, you may have seen on Twitter, I can't remember, I think his name's Jose. Uh, he, yeah. he announced himself that he was joining the team. Again, worked with um, with Manga and Costa at, at Frankfurt. So, you know, he is appointing people that he trusts and he's worked with before. And I think this this is what we can expect from now on. Uh, I, I must admit, you said that there'll be a lot of Watford fans that won't know who this guy is. I'll put my hands up on one of them. I'd not heard of him before. Um, but, you know, I've seen, you know, you see the second tier podcast. They always put out championship moves. They tweeted it. Um, the Telegraph, Jason Burt, you know, he, he tweeted it as well. And you, you look at some of the replies and they're like, how on earth have Watford pulled this off? And it's always good to see fans of other clubs saying that because you're thinking, OK, sounds like we've got a good one here. Uh, and Miles Jacobson tweeted tonight, which... Uh, which which did put a bit of a smile on my face, he said that if this transfer had happened on Football Manager, he would have had so many messages and there would have been so many reports put in that the game was broken because this transfer would be so unrealistic for a team like Watford that they would have all these reports to say, listen, your game's fucked, basically. This guy shouldn't be going to Watford. So when you've got someone like that saying something like that, you're like, OK, this is good you look at his record at youth level um fantastically well for portugal under 21s i think he was uh, one of the top scorers in one of the tournaments recently and you know it's it's just what we need you know we we've got a striker like keenan who can hold the ball up he's a real bulldozer of a striker he looks like you know the complete opposite he's, he's fast he's you know maybe plays on the, the shoulder of his last man he's very quick he's very good with his feet so i'm i'm looking forward to it and like always, you know, whenever we sign a player, I will never write them off. You know, you have to give them time. He might not come in and do it straight away. People have to understand that. But I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited by, by this type of signing.
0: Were you saying about Miles um, Jacobson saying about how unrealistic it would come across to the, the football manager fans. Yeah. Um, there was an article put out earlier. Um, this guy's gone into depth about. Uh, Henrik Araujo saying about he he's previously been watched by Barcelona Real Madrid, Liverpool and they've all been interested in signing him but Benfica see him as a really highly rated player and they want to keep hold of him so they've rejected interest, rejected bids, saying no he's our player, we want to keep him at the club. Obviously Benfica now think it's time for him to go out and get that experience on loan and this is where Helen De Costas came in and said, OK, I can see he's a good player there. We've got links with Benfica. I can guarantee him game time at Watford. And that's... it. It's really helped out Watford in getting a, a, a guy of this... Calibre to Vicarage Road. Like, we might be seeing him lining up for Portugal in like the next World Cup. He might be leading the line for him. You don't know him. The The figures that he's produced goal wise is ridiculous for his age. You've got to think he's 21. I think he scored on his Champions League debut as well, um against Dino Zyga Zygreb. Is it that um creation side? Mm. But he's he's just under six foot tall as well. So he's a big old lad, but he's mobile as well from the videos I've watched. He's exceptional, he's got exceptional movement. He 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 comes alive in and around the um penalty box. But what I like about him as well, which we've we've been critical of maybe bio in in the past, like bio outside the penalty box, he can't do anything with a football. This mm-hmm. guy can do everything and more with a football. The way he holds onto a ball, drives the full ball, uh, ball forward, creates opportunities. He gets a lot of assists to his name as well, and we've not even mentioned the assists. He just looks like a really good player, and it's it's going to be interesting to see what Watford actually do with their starting lineup now, Mike. Like obviously, Billich has been playing in a system where he's just got like one main striker up top. Is he coming in to take Keenan Davis' place, or is he coming in? force Billich to fit in Davis and Orohu?
1: Uh, I, I think it'll be more of force of hand to start with. We don't know how long Davis is out for. Uh, I've not heard of a timeline, Whether he's, but I, I very much doubt he'll be back for Saturday. So, it might be that, you know, Orohu comes in and he, he sort of has to take on that main role as you're the man through the middle, we're going to play someone on the other side here and we'll play someone in behind you. Uh, and then you know, that may then catch Bilic's eye and think, oh, well, actually, you know, this guy's doing really well. But then, as you say, comes the equation of Keenan Davies' fit and Sozerohu. Can we play them together? Now, I know, you know, managers don't want to, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But maybe there is a way we can fit these in. I don't know if this chap can play out wide, if he can play in the 10 as well. Again, I, I, I don't know anything about him, so... That's where the downfall is a little bit. But if we can play him in those positions, we've got, you know, Pedro can play out wide. Pedro can play 10. Pedro, I'm convinced, could play anywhere on that pitch and be the best player on that pitch. We know that. Espria can play out wide if he needs to. Although, you know, I do think he's better in that sort of 10 role. Um, But, yeah, you know, I think to start with, like I say, it'll be a little bit of force of a hand. um, And he will have to be that main striker. But I wouldn't be against seeing them play as a two, but I just wouldn't expect it because, like I say, I, I can't see Billich switching the formation for just one player. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, actually.
0: It'll be interesting to see how he gets on with Watford as well. Obviously, he's coming over from Portugal; never played in England before. Um, I, I don't know what his language of English is like. Obviously, Jael Ferreira came over, but his English is very good. Um, so, he'll adapt well? And that, that's the point as well. He's got someone at the club already that he knows. That's going to help him settle in, isn't it, Mike? Hundred
1: percent. Yeah. You, you you only have to look back of all these Udinese loans. You know, people laugh and take the piss, but. You know, the reason why some of them settled so well is there was four, five, six, seven of them over at one time. And, you know, of course, that's going to help you move to a different country and you've never played in that league before. You know, even if you have and you move clubs or you go out on loan, it's going to help you. I mean, I was going to use Courtney Hawes as an example and Keenan Davis, but Hawes hasn't unfortunately lived up to the expectation. But I can bet you, bottom dollar, that when he come through the door, it probably helped him feel a bit more comfortable that Keenan Davis was there. So... Yeah, um great that Ferreira has come in and speaks Portuguese as well. Um and, you know, like you say, it'll only help and hopefully he can hit like a, a duck to water and you know, it won't be too long before his first what for goal.
0: Yeah, and there's a couple of other Portuguese speaking players as well, obviously Joel Pedro and um martins as well um so that's just going to help him settle as well so yeah i'm looking forward to this signing mate hopefully we we wake up tomorrow morning we see an announcement video um Mm -hmm. of um henrik who um i've been trying to practice his uh, name before he was coming on um coming on air and it was quite funny my my missus was trying to get my daughter to sleep and i was in the, the bedroom next door and I, w- I was typing it into Google and I was listening back to how to um, pronounce the name and I kept on repeating it and the guy kept on saying, Henrik Oroho, Henrik Oroho. She popped her head in and said, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, no, like what for the, just about to sign a sign of player, and I need to try and get their um, name right you, you know, if you've watched Voices of it for a long time, me and Mike butcher names. So I thought I'd make the effort, try and get there before anyone says, fucking hell, they have butchered that. Um, <laughs> so hopefully I've done you well. Um, I'm proud, Henrik. Um, but yeah, statement signing, I'm really looking forward to seeing this. And I think it, a few championship clubs will think, Watford have got a player here. How the hell have they got that? And Mike, is this just a, a sign of Watford not being Undanese B it's being Benfica beat
1: I know it's looking that way at the moment isn't it but you know it's that link it's it's Manga and co really putting their, their, their plans into force and, and this is great this is what we want you know he, he's done various interviews he's done an interview with the club now as well which is great and mm. so many good things are coming from it I, I think there's obviously been a lot of doom and gloom recently around the club and I don't want to get into this whole Potso in or Potso out debate because it bores me some fucking tears. But I just think that there's a there is a feel-good factor starting to come back to the club now. You know, we've suffered back uh, not back to back relegations. We've we've gone we've gone down, gone up, gone down, and then hoping to go back up now. But yeah, there, there's a real feel-good factor around the place. Uh, not only because the kids as well, they've come in and done a good job. They're doing well in the FA Youth Cup, which I'm sure we'll touch on as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's exciting time to, to be a Watford fan again. And honestly, mate, when all those injuries come back, when everyone is fully fit, my God, we are going to have some fun.
0: Maybe a late charge up the table. Still got Sheffield United and Burnley oh, both to play away it? from home.
1: They will slip up. They will slip up 100%. Burnley are fantastic. I think company's doing a brilliant job there. But I think Andrew French said it on WD18 the other day. They are due a slip-up. And I think it will happen. I'm not for one minute saying we're going to win the league. You know, Burnley look really good. <laughs> but there will be a slip-up from those two. And we just have to make sure that we're ready there to pounce. And I think automatics, I think we can get automatics this season.
0: But I've actually felt quite reassured lately of, of Watford and within the last few weeks. And I think it's all coming around the appointment of Ben Manga and Helena Costa. I think the Pozzos have realised what they've done in the past and they know their way's gone very stale. Mm. They've needed to freshen it up and they've, they've done it by bringing in these two people. And it, I think it's had an immediate reaction And it's the reaction Watford fans have wanted to see. And if anything, it gives me hope for the future with Watford. Whereas, ask me this four weeks ago, six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, I would have been so negative about Watford Football Club. But now I'm feeling like there's a bit of a a movement now. There's, it's moving in the right direction and I'm feeling more positive and I am looking forward to seeing what Ben Mankers and Helena Costa is going to do for what the football club and I just think they're just going to improve us but it's, it's, it's one to watch isn't it but it's definitely a great start um, to their era at Vicarage Road um, that's the only real possible signing at the moment Mike isn't it there's been other names floating around and rumours but nothing's been more like concrete or anything, so we're not going to jump in and chat about that. But there has been an outgoing this week, Mike, and it's um, Joseph Hungbo. He's joined Huddersfield Town on loan um, for the remainder of the season. The 23-year-old um, signed for the Hornets back in July 2019 following his departure from Crystal Palace. Um, and then he spent the 2021-2022 season on, line, uh, on loan at Scottish Premiership side, Ross County. I think this was the season for him to really kick on, wasn't it, Mike at Watford? I think this was the season he needed to grab his opportunity. When he came off the bench at St Andrews at Burnham City, I thought that was the impact. And I thought, okay, he could be useful coming off the bench because he did make a difference, didn't he? He injected that pace and urgency. Since then, he, he's not really done much. Like, he came on was it Chowdhury went off injured in one game and Hungbo came on and then Point he was later owned. replaced in the same game by Slavin Bilic
1: yep.
0: and that's a kick in the teeth in itself <laughs> Yeah, and then he started the game away at Reading in the FA Cup and he didn't look up for it or interested and I, I don't know what's going on in Hungbo's head like I, I feel like he's I personally don't think he's good enough at this level. And I, I think he he needs game time to improve to possibly get to this level. Like, look at the likes of Luco Nine. Ola- he's had to graft from League Two to League One to the Championship. And he's a decent Championship player now. I think Hungbro needs to do the same, Mike. Do you reckon?
1: Yeah. And I, I echo what you say. You know, that, that game against Hall, it must have been a rock kick in the gonads for him. You know, to come on as a sub and then be subbed. It's, it's never good. And like you say, there was so much promise around him. You know, that season in lockdown when we went up, it was a weird and wonderful season for so many reasons. We started to see little snippets of Hungbo towards the end of the season. He'd come on last 10, 15, whatever. And we'd like, oh, OK, he looks good. This is what this is what we, we want to see. And, you know, many people probably thought we we might even see him in the Premier League and, you know, Mm. he he might be in and around the squad. But he obviously got that that move to Ross County, which, you know, probably surprised a few. But all in all, everyone was like, OK, that's fair enough. You know, good move. You know, he he linked up with former Watford boss Malky Mackay. So, you know, Mackay will, you know, know the club, know what we want to do with the youth, etc. Had a good spell there. And then we've come back and we're like, right, he's had a good spell at Ross County. This is it now. This is Joseph Hungbo's ready for it. And he's not lived up to expectation. I think you're absolutely spot on. I think he needs a run of games at this level because uh, and I don't think any Scottish football fans will be watching. But let's be real that Ross County isn't this level. Um, you know, I, I'd argue that other than Celtic and Rangers, the, the rest of the league is probably... Lower championship to top half League One style football, so or standard football. So, you know, he he does need game time at this level. And I think this will be a good loan move for him in the respect of it will get him that game time that he needs. And I think, as well, actually, I'm a little bit worried We, we still have to play Huddersfield, I think, at home. Um, and you know, they're making some good signings, they've signed, they've signed knockout. Uh, so you know he'll be he'll be coming to the Vic again. The last time he played at the Vic, I'm sure um, it, it was when he got crunched by Britos, wasn't it?
0: Britos put him in the front row of the Sir <laughs> so John Johnstown, didn't he?
1: Yeah. So they're <laughs> making some good signings, and you know it's weird. You know they're, they're they're down there, but it's like their owners gone. Okay, you know we're down there now. Let's start spending some money and let's start getting some players in. And I've been impressed with their recent transfers. So. You know, it won't be an easy game by any means when when they come to Vicarage Road, whenever that may be. Uh, And, you know, I'll be keeping a a close eye on how Hongbo gets on because I I think this will either make or break him in terms of playing at this level. So, I, I wish him all the best. I really do.
0: Yeah, I hope it works out for him. Were you a little bit surprised, though, to see that he's been loaned to Huddersfield Town? Like, considering we're talking about the standard and the level of Joseph Hungbo? were you surprised to see him actually join a- another championship side? Because I definitely was.
1: Um, possibly. I-, I don't know whether League One would benefit. Like I just said, you know, Ross County is probably around that level. Uh, and again, I mean, no disrespect to them, but... Um, you know, maybe a, ch- a lower half championship team is what he needs. We're certainly not going to loan him out to someone in the top half of the championship because that, you know, that that could prove costly. You know, that he could pick up valuable points for them, and you know, they could make ground on us. But I think Huddersfield's a safe bet. So I think that's probably the best they could have asked for. They were obviously looking for someone in that position, and Humbo was available, so it worked for both parties.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully we, we get to see him develop as a player there because I, I think it's kind of been a bit stop-start for Jose Hamburg, hasn't it? It's not really kicked on and uh, it's quite similar to maybe the next guy we're, we're going to talk about and it's a possible outgoing at Watford again, another youngster out on loan and this time he'll be joining a League One side in the form of Exeter City, so it's young Matty Pollock. He's featured a few times for Watford's first team. Um, he had a day to forget at the New Den. Um, oh, yeah. and Watford had those injury problems, didn't they? No calf cut at the back, no serial to a partner in Trucy Con. Watford were 3-0 down after, what was it? About half an hour, Mike? It, it was embarrassing. and it, He was to fault for the first goal, wasn't he? He let his man go, the ball came over the top. The next minute, it was in the back of the net, and he had a difficult afternoon there. Um, but whenever he's came on, he's again. I don't think he's cut out for this level. Um, and it might be harsh saying it, but I just think he lacks the pace, doesn't he? That's needed at this level. I, I think he's he did well at Cheltenham last year. He won Young Player of the Season, and then he's been linked with lots of League One sides in the last few weeks. And I think that just shows the standard that he's probably at. I, I think maybe he might be best top-end, League One, bottom-half championship in his, in his career. Um, what's your thoughts on his line to uh, Exeter City? And where, where do you think do you think he can kick on from here to maybe come back to Watford and try and get into the first team?
1: Yeah, I was speaking about this earlier, funnily enough, um, with, with my brother in, in the group chat. And I think it was a bit of a weird signing. Obviously, he was hyped up uh, to, to be something, you know, special, uh, a, a sort of a good product to come out of the EFL. And, you know, there's many players like that. You know, we spoke to a few Grimsby fans when we first signed him. I think we, we got a few voice notes from fans talking about how he was. And, you know, it was generally, on the whole, it, it sounded good. And it was, you know, a good report back. But let's be realistic, he was never going to start in our defence. I know people said that that was the area that needed addressing the most, but you're not going to get a a kid from League Two, bring him in straight away and expect him to just, you know, take to it like nothing. So I always thought it was a bit of a weird signing. You know, that um, loan spell, obviously, you know, it would have done him good for his sort of confidence at Cheltenham, one young player of the season. That's great, brilliant. Uh, I think he helped them to a decent finish. Did that? I don't know if they ended up getting promoted or not, but, um, you know, maybe League One, bottom half of the Championship is his sort of, you know, level. You mentioned that game against Millwall. It, it was an absolute horror show for him, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought it was quite ironic that the bloke that he probably needs to learn most of was uh, sat in the Millwall dugout in the form of Paul Robinson that night. So, yeah. <laughs> I think this will be a good loan spell for him again. But do I see him coming back? We obviously, with the signings that you know we've just talked about, hopefully making with with the chat from Benfica, we obviously see ourselves aiming for the Premier League and want to, you know, establish ourselves there. Do I see Matty Pollock playing for us regularly in the Premier League? I'm sorry, but no, I don't. Uh, I'm happy to eat humble. Uh, I'm happy to eat my words on that. You know, if he does come back and gets his way into the squad and then goes on and plays you know, so many games and he's one of our better centre-backs for years to come, then I'll hold my hands up. But I, I think this will suit him down to the ground and it will probably show that that is possibly his level because Exeter is still in the picture for, for the playoffs. Obviously, there's there's still a fair bit to go, but I think uh, it will do him good being with a team that are fighting for something as, as opposed to being with a team that might just sort of mellow in, in mid-table.
0: Yeah, well, they currently sit 10th in League One, five points off sixth place, Barnsley. Um, so it, they're still definitely in it um, for possibly promotion this season. Exeter are a decent club as well. I, I quite like them. I think they're a good run club. I think, who, who's the manager now? Is it Gary Caldwell, um, the former Wigan Athletic? player and manager, um, and supposedly he, he was massively involved in him deciding to go there as well. And what I, I saw interesting as well when I was reading our call this morning, Mike, was uh, Matty Pollock actually turned down and moved to Hibernian in the summer on a loan deal um, because he wanted to focus on trying to get in and around that um, Watford first team. That's a sign of a player who wants to, he, he wants to be here, isn't it? He, he's thinking... Okay, Hibsa came in, but my main concern here is to try and get into that Warburg first team, and that's that's the right mentality, isn't it, Mike?
1: yeah, his intentions are brilliant, his heart's in the right place, and you you can't knock the lad for for wanting to have that opportunity and he obviously felt at the time that there was a real opportunity because you know to turn down playing at Hibernian it, it would have been playing in the the, the Scottish Premier League. Um, you know, coming up against Celtic and Rangers, you know. So, you know, for him to turn that down, regular game time as well, he obviously thought he was close to to sort of getting in that that, uh, defence for Watford. But unfortunately, not to be, you know, the the defence has been, you know, moaned at and praised so many times this season. You know, you look at the clean sheets, I think we've got the second most in the division possibly. Um, um, we
0: joint top with three other sides: Coventry yeah. and Preston.
1: So there we go. You know the the defense, you know gets gets a lot of stick at times, but on the whole, it, it's it's good going from them. So, yeah, like I say, his heart's in the right place, good intentions, but unfortunately, he's you know he's he's too far down the pecking order. So we need to go out, get some valuable game time, and hopefully for him, he can come back and try and force his way in, but. Uh, unfortunately in my opinion I, I can't see him being a mainstay on that Watford team sheet
0: nah that's fair enough and I, I agree as well mate um, so that's the transfer talk wrapped up um, just quickly before we go into the Robin United preview um, that what I liked this week was a it was a statement from a player actually and it was Vacuum Bio um, I mentioned it on the last podcast with Tom Wicks from the Golden Pages that a lot of Watford fans were unhappy with the reaction of Acoon Bio being substituted last week. And obviously it He felt the reaction from Watford fans, and he felt like he wanted to address it and apologise. So Bakunbio came out and said, "I just want to say sorry to the fans who um, have supported me and the team. I got lost in my disappointment for a few seconds when it was time for me to come off the pitch, and I wasn't thinking about the team. The most important thing was the three points, and I was delighted for Toby Adaemu to come on and score in his debut. It was a fantastic moment and so important to help us get the three points." As a striker, I want to score goals and I was disappointed that I did not do that on Saturday, especially after scoring at Norwich and feeling confident. But I'm feeling hungry for the next opportunity and I'm looking forward to helping the team against Rotherham. That's how you respond, Mike, isn't it? It's fair play to me. He didn't have to come out and put that statement out.
1: No, he didn't. And, you know, I, I have to give him credit. I mean, I obviously did watch the game on Saturday. I know you were there. Uh, I think my brother, well, my brother and Uh, old man were there and you know I heard about it and it's never great to see a player like that but it shows that he's frustrated and wants to play as as long as he can so that's absolutely fine by me. You know I always say to my lads on a Saturday I'd be more pissed off if I'm subbing you off and you're like, okay, yeah, okay I'm coming off. Like, you know, show me you want to be on that pitch. Um obviously there's certain ways to do it. You know, he might have looked at it as spitting his dummy out, throwing his toys out the pram, whatever. But fair play to him. He's come out and he's apologised. And uh, hopefully that means that I think you tweeted him back off the podcast account saying, good stuff, you know, knuckle down and be ready to play on uh, on, on Saturday. And there's a lot of talk at the moment about whether he'll start, whether adeamo will start and all this. So, you know, he'll he he he'll want to prove himself because he'll know that Adeyemo is breathing down the back of his neck after that. And uh, hopefully that pushes him a little bit more to uh, to to do well. And, and don't forget, he scored four goals already, and each goal has been uh, has meant a lot. Other than that, um, yeah. you know, one that just added to the tally against Stoke. All his other goals have have been, you know, won us a support, us a match. Matching, yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah he, his his goals have been important for Watford, haven't they? And he, he's he's definitely got a better. Um, minute per goal ratio than Keenan Davis as well. They're mm-hmm. both on four goals this season. Davis has played so many more minutes than uh, Bakun Um But it's what you do for the team and Keenan Davis does offer more to the team than what vacuum bio does. Um, but, yeah, fair play to him. I applaud you for that. Um, so, yeah, um, moving on to the Rotherham United preview very quickly. Um, Rotherham... They- they're on their second manager this season as well, just like Watford. Um they're currently being managed by ex um Exeter City manager Matt Taylor after he took over in September from Paul Warren. Uh he he was in charge, but he's actually moved on to Derby County now. Um uh, so he dropped down the league to manage Derby County and left Rogram. I think that was outside the relegation zone when he he he, he decided to leave um the New York Stadium. Uh, Rotherham have won their won their first game in eight eight matches at the weekend when they beat Blackburn Rovers 4-0 live on the Sky Cameras. Um, And they currently sit um, 23rd in the away form table, um, picking up 11 points in 14 games, which is two wins, five draws and seven losses. So they're not very good on the road. What concerns (laughs) me a little bit here, Mike, is their last away win was actually back in November and it was a 1-0 victory away at Bramwell Lane
1: against Sheffield United. (laughs) <laughs> what would FC? Hold my beer. <laughs> it, it frightens the life out of me. I mean, you know, we beat Blackpool. It sounded like we made bloody hard work of it. And uh, they they hadn't won in however many games. So I saw someone bollock you on on, uh, on the pod account, actually, for that, saying, oh, you're just dressing <laughs> it up and all that. Shut up. Um, you know, it's <laughs> still not won, you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it frightens the death out of me when um, when... You know, you you see stats like that. Second, I think only Huddersfield are worse than them away from home, uh, if memory serves me correctly. So, I I hate saying this. I'm going to (laughs) get ridiculed. But these are the games, if we're serious about, you know, making this run and, you know, pushing this second place, these are the games we have to be winning. Blackpool wasn't wasn't pretty, but we won it. Rotherham, Mm -hmm. you know, might not be pretty, but you still win it. You know, I remember uh, the season we went up under Jekanovic. I think we beat Rotherham quite convincingly at home. Uh, and I think, didn't we only beat them 1-0 in that lockdown season? You actually went, didn't you? Only a few people could go.
0: Yeah, it was a Tuesday night. So you had to enter a ballot, didn't you, to be able to go to the games. And you you got drawn out of a hat. And I got selected for the Rotherham United game. Um it, it, it wasn't a great game, to be fair. I well, think it was either 1-0 or 2-0. Did Cabernet score? And then and scored at the far post. And it, it was a weird, weird game to attend. Obviously, we just ended up coming back from COVID. There was um, social distancing happening. So you was probably about... 10, 15 seats away from everyone, like everyone spread out all across the ground, it was weird even walking up um, to Vicarage Road you could see the floodlights in the background but it was just, it was silent there was nothing about there being a match day on that evening um, yeah what a weird time we lived through mate like, when you think about it, like all of us was locked up like for a year, two years and, it, and we couldn't play football you couldn't watch football uh, then football was classed as entertainment and I had to bring it back but it was behind closed doors and you had to watch it on the TV it's strange, strange though,
1: so I'm, I'm exactly.
0: that. I was actually thinking about that earlier and I know we're going off topic but I'm actually listening to the Troy Deeney autobiography at the moment I bought the book when it came out but people might not uh, people know or do not know I'm not very academic so I'm no good when it comes to reading um, so I, I, I saw him retweet something the other day of someone replying to his autobiography saying that they've just listened to it and I was like oh brilliant it's out there so I've just been listening to the chapter I'm coming to the end of the book and I've listened to the chapter about him talking about the Covid behind closed doors and he's talking about how it's weird like how quiet it was back then like he's saying like you could hear every flood of the football you, you could hear all like everyone talking but he said the worst thing about it was when you could hear like the sky commentators commentating <laughs> on the game, and he said it was really annoying and putting him off. <laughs> um, but yeah, what a weird time that was back then. Um, but yeah, thanks for reminding me, it was 2 0 back then. Um, but we we do have a decent record against Rotherham United, Mike. Yeah, um, yeah. Waffler unbeaten in nine league matches against Rotherham at Vicarage Road, last losing 2 1 back in February 2003.
1: Well, um, we've played them 28 times and avoided defeat. Uh, well, we've only lost, in that 28 times, we've only lost six times. So that's since records began, if you like. So I'm, uh, okay. I'm. do you know what? Sorry, I'm, I'm not even quietly optimistic. I'm optimistic. I'm going to go for a 2-0, Ben. Um, I know, I, I don't know if you're just going to ask me that, but I'm going to go for a 2-0. Um I am I'm, I'm gonna go a bit rogue with my goal scorers as well. I think Espria finally breaks that duck. He shakes that monkey off his back because it's been holding him back and you can tell the poor lad just wants to score now. has gonna score. Uh and then we'll give Ishma another penalty. So uh Ishma Ishmael Asar and Espria um will we'll, we'll score the two goals for us.
0: Um, I'm quite confident that Watford will win as well um, I, I like the look of Martins at the weekend Kone um, I thought Ferrero warmed up d- during the game he improved as the game went on um, I'm reassured by this next step that Rotherham haven't scored in any of their last four away games at vicarage Road as well um, so I think Watford will actually keep another clean sheet at Vickridge Road um, so I'm actually going for a 3-0 Watford victory Um I know we've still got lots of players out, but, and I know Rotherham won at the weekend 4-0 against Blackburn, but I, I just think it's, I think we've got too much for Rotherham still. Um, Blackburn are a bit hit and miss, aren't they? You don't know which one you're going to get one week. I was missing Ben uh, Brierton-Diaz at the weekend as well, and everything mm-hmm. runs through him, and he, he changes the way Blackburn play and perform. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory this week, Mike. Um, Goal scorers, I don't know. Let's go for a goal for Bio. I think he'll redeem himself. He'll grab one. I think I'm going to say true come from a corner. Ooh. And then I will also go for a Kone goal.
1: Ooh, okay. Yeah, I like it. I like it.
0: Mix it up. just don't want to be... The same one that does all the same predictions all the time, but yeah, um, but yeah, that's it. Oh, just quickly before we go as well, it's very random. Mike, what's your thoughts on Blackpool appointing Mick McCarthy as manager? That I came think, out of nowhere. I thought he retired from football about five, six years ago. I,
1: I think he did retire. They, they've done he a, did, they've done yeah. a Watford and prized a manager out of retirement like we did with Ranieri and Hodgson. Um. I'm surprised they didn't go for Steve Bruce. To be honest, I think he just called it a day as well. Um, but I think it's hilarious, Ben. I um, I've got a couple of Blackpool fans on my, on my personal Twitter. I don't know how, why, or whatever. And um, I think it's when I used to go up to the darts uh, that used to be in Blackpool. So maybe I met people from there. But after the Watford game, they were like everyone was spamming the the, the Twitter. We only want to see one thing. We want to see that corner flag, Appleton out, Appleton out. <laughs> and I thought, okay, okay, like we, we can resonate with that. Listen, we 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 no strangers to a new manager coming in every now and then. So obviously things weren't great under Appleton. You know, I know they beat Nottingham Forest, really good victory for them in the FA Cup over a Premier League side. Um, I think that just papered over the cracks. So to be honest, and obviously they they've gone on this stinking run because let's not forget they they. Peppered us 3 1 uh, earlier in the season uh, and made us look like dog shit. And they were probably, I think, in fact, they were singing some Billage, you're getting sacked in the morning, which is quite ironic. But anyway, they they were after, they were saying, you know, Appleton out and all this. And um, I thought, okay, you know, I'd be quite intrigued. And I mean this with no disrespect to any Blackpool fans because I love Blackpool as an area. I think it's great. Uh, And, you know, their their fans are, are decent fans. But I thought. Who would Blackpool fans be thinking we can realistically get here like who if they sack Appleton who are they wanting to come in, and when I saw Mick McCarthy his name, I thought <laughs> surely not, and then I saw it appointed, and I was like, oh my god, like I was gutted we've played him twice. I would love to play him again, like Mick McCarthy was uh, island manager you know has done wonders in his time, but He's past it, man. I, I I'm convinced now. Um, you know they'd, they'd they'd be able to, you know, get anyone to, to manage uh, at this level because it, it's it's crazy. It's like we're going back in time. I saw Neil Warnock was um, Cardiff had just got rid of um, what's his Mark face Hudson. Mark Hudson, and um, I, I saw Neil Warnock saying getting mentioned, and I thought he's retired. Like just leave these <laughs> people alone. Um, you know, let him retire and all this. So I also saw quite a ridiculous video as well. Um, so th- There was a video where Mark Hudson had told his kids that he'd got the job as Cardiff manager. Mm-hmm. And then, um, obviously, he got sacked. And they were like, but, you know, clubs should look at videos like this and realise how much it means to him." I get that. It's a livelihood. But if you're shit at the job, you've got to go. You know, if if I had a family to, to feed, but I'd turned up and started wiring people's houses up wrong and doing shit electrics and leaving wires live and all that, just because I would have shown a video to say, oh, by the way, your dad's doing really well at work, just because of that, if he's shit at the job, you got to go. So, mm-hmm. I, again, I off on a tangent completely there, but it just made me think, just because there's this cute video of him saying to his kids, oh, by the way... Daddy got the job, uh, you know, and they were happy for him. Ultimately, football's a relentless game. But, yeah, Mick McCarthy back. Uh, Big Sam, he's got to be next, surely. Um, Neil Warnock, let's go back into him. Let's start appointing old managers. Uh, Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson. He's got another stint in him, surely. We'll have him back after Bilic gets inevitably sacked. We'll, uh, we'll Alan Kerbyshley. Alan Kerbyshley. What's he doing nowadays, exactly? Whatever happened to
0: him? From um, he
1: just disappeared off, off the face of the earth. Is it? Did we? What about Alan Pardew? He's isn't he managing Andre Gray at the moment over in
0: Greece? He is indeed, yeah. And they've got a lot of ex-Watford players playing over there over in Greece, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's get the old band back together. Let's get Pardu, Curbishley, yeah. Bruce, um, Warnock, McCarthy, All, yeah.
1: All any, any of them.
0: So. Any others up there?
1: I can't think of any other rogue ones at the moment, but uh they're, 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 that's, they're that's the main ones, aren't they? Yeah, that's some bench. You wouldn't want to be fourth officially favourable on the same bench.
0: Mark Hughes.
1: Mark Hughes. He's he's doing all right in uh, in league two with Bradford. He's uh, he's yeah. But yeah, really cool, not he? God God bless him. <laughs> that's all <laughs> I
0: well, we was going to do a short podcast tonight, but as me and Mike <laughs> do seem to go on, we've just named all the ex-managers uh, we want to see back in the Football League or back in the Championship, just for shits and gigs, really. Um, but yeah, thank you everyone for watching tonight. Um, if you like the video, don't forget to hit the like button, hit that subscribe button. And me and Mike will be back at the weekend to do a review of the Rotherham United game, uh, which is being played three o'clock. Saturday at Fristridge Road stay safe everyone and come on you wards
1: Sports Social Podcast Network